oh, I really like the, I don't know, Mac, McDonald's Uncle Sam series. <laughs> I just made this up. <laughs> Uncle Sam teaches you French. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello listeners, hello Fluent Bomb. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm here hanging out with my co-host Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com. Hello Lindsay. Hello. How's it going over there? Yeah, not bad, thank you still with the four languages uh, at once not quite not quite we have some dates in the diary now for language stories filming which means that i've been able to focus in a bit on a couple rather than all four so that's quite exciting oh how do you feel about sort of leaving two of them behind um it, are, you, are you cool with that kind of stuff yeah i am because i know that we'll go there later and there's going to be months in between when i will then be able to get back to it um so yeah, I know that with with one of them in particular, we're only going to get one chance really to go to the Isle of Man and to kind of use and talk about Manx. So that's kind of the most important one at the minute because that's going to be first and we're only going to be there once. Oh, wow. Okay. What time of year are you going to the Isle of Man? In April. Before, before the in TT, April. before the motorbikes. Yeah, April. Easter, in fact. Oh we'll my God. You're going to be cold. Cold? I hope not. We're camping. <laughs> this is all like, Language Stories is all self-funded. This is all on like a major budget and the ferry was crazy expensive. So we are camping. So I hope it's not too cold. Are you taking a ferry from Hesham? From Liverpool. Ah, well, okay. A little bit of local Lancashire love from me because I used to live really near Hesham. Mm -hmm. There's a nuclear power station there and a ferry and that is about it. Yeah, I saw that was further north and I thought, okay, Liverpool will be enough of a drive <laughs> <laughs> from where we are. Brilliant. So you're going to the Isle of Man and then afterwards we will see each other at the Polyglot Cruise. Yes, yes. But I'm actually, I'm going to the Isle of Man and then we go back on the ferry to Liverpool and then we're driving down to Bangor, to North Wales, to do the first <gasps> few Welsh interviews oh my god i'm so Yay. excited for you you're gonna meet yes. simon then simon, simon from omniglot he lives yeah, in simon Bangor. Omniglot, and he's put me in touch with a few people who live in Bangor who are learning welsh as well so that'll be good as well Lindsay, do you know who lives in Bangor? who is very related to our current episode that we've got today yes that is very, very true. Yes, David Crystal. David Crystal. Are you going to meet David Crystal? Uh, if I am brave enough to email, yes, perhaps. Who knows? <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. Listeners, if you don't know who David Crystal is and you don't know what our, what our episode today is going to be about, let me fill you in and let me give you the full introduction to The Fluent Show. Me and Lindsay today, we are we actually are taking a listener request. This was somebody who wrote to me after a recent Top Tools episode. So every half year or so, Lindsay and I give a list of our top tools for language learning. And today it's the sister episode, I guess. Top textbooks, autumn and winter, top textbooks and course books. So we'll talk about textbooks and just books in general with a side serving of the other books that we love and that are awesome and can help you and us learn a language. And we have quite the library between us. So got quite a bit of ground to cover today. I'm really looking forward to talking about it. Now on the topic of reading, let me side shuffle elegantly, awkwardly, elegantly to our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is supported by Link. And Lindsay, what's Link got to do with reading? I really thought you were about to, boom, go straight into, is it Tina Turner, that song? What's Link got to do, got to do with it? <laughs> um, Link. It's simply the best. <laughs> <laughs> Link helps you read stuff in any, well, in, yeah, in any language, right? Um, mm, they've mm, got 25 mm. languages. So you can just upload your own stuff, your links to articles from the internet, all of that kind of stuff. And you can read it in Link and you can boop, tap get the words, they save as flashcards when you don't know them. So you can go back in and learn them later on. And then you see visually like 
how much you know of stuff. I like that bit of it, that kind of being able to see at a glance. Oh, wow. Okay. I know a lot of stuff here. That's right. Every new page you load is color coded on words that you know, words that you don't know. Yeah. And it is, yes. So Link is so, so smart. So it's quite an exciting way to learn language as well, because the this whole color coded flashcard kind of thing, it kind of happens automatically secondarily while you are reading so it's a great way to listen and read to stuff that you really enjoy that you kind of choose in your target language could be youtube subtitles could be a podcast could be an article from somewhere online link has its own library built in for lots of its languages so there's a lot on offer you just read that kind of acquire the vocab as you read and the software keeps track of it for you. It is super smart software. And I am so pleased to have Link as a sponsor at the moment. So do check it out. And of course, there's a special offer. We got them to give a discount to Fluent Show listeners. Link is offering Fluent Show listeners 35% off of their premium plan, which is a great, great deal. And Lindsay, call back to the previous episode when you were with me, you were asking me, is that for all of the languages? So I've double checked and premium does include access to all of the 25 languages. Yeah, I thought it did. That's cool. I like that. Mm, 25 languages. It's, it's not, you know, nothing to be sniffed at. Nothing to sniff That's at. right. You're right the first time. It's not bad. Nothing to be sniffed at. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, the place to get your subscription for link is fluentlanguage.co.uk slash read more. That's the link that you need. Now we've pronounced it like more so that you know the word I mean. So fluentlanguage.co.uk slash read more for your link to link, L-I-N-G-Q. Thank you so much to link for supporting the Fluent Show. Now let's talk about textbooks. And as I started to think about it, I thought we need to put a few disclaimers or just information points out there so I wanted to run through the, through these and Lindsay you're going to be with me so let's take it in turns and let's run through a few of the pointers that we want to give to the listeners so that you know where we're coming from when we're talking about language learning textbooks cool you want to go first no go ahead please all right um so number one because we're both based in the UK and although you know we've traveled a lot and all that at most of our books, we do buy in the UK. So if there's something that we're saying, or if rather if there's something that we're not saying, you know, a textbook that you have in your local shop in your corner of the world, it's probably because we don't know about it. So do feel free to tell us more in the Facebook group. That's it. Yeah, the Facebook group is Fluent Language Learners. And this is particularly true, I think, because we've got so many American listeners who might be like, oh, I really like the, I don't know, Mac... McDonald's Uncle Sam series. I <laughs> just made this up. <laughs> Uncle Sam teaches you French. Uh, or any, you know, anything in particular that might be American related or Canadian or you only have it in Australia. Let us know about it because we might have never seen that. Point number two, a textbook series can vary massively between the different languages that it teaches. And some of them have got 70, 80 languages on the shelves because the authors are different. So if you've got a book or you've tried something that you've enjoyed and you've tried it for French and then you're not loving it for Spanish, it, it's usually because the authors are different. But overall, you do get a consistent feel. And if you have one that you really like in one language or if we say that there's one that we really like and between us we've probably tried them for different languages chances are that in your target language the book is going to be great and if we really really hate one chances are it's not going to be that much better across language variation number three point number three <laughs> yes point number three number please. three so you might have a long list of books after this episode. Okay, that's cool. But just remember that more books does not equal more time in your life. So, and it also doesn't mean that just because you listen to this, get a book, have the book in your life, that all of a sudden, boom, you're fluent, right? So it's all about managing your resources and doing more with less. So please don't leave this show feeling totally overwhelmed and like you need to go and raid your nearest Waterstones or Barnes and Noble or fill in other bookshop lender seller here. <laughs> mm, absolutely. <laughs> that brings me to the next point quite well as well, which is not every book 
should be or needs to be bought brand new and shiny. Do you visit, you know, there's so many shops that sell you secondhand books, local charity shops. I've recently learned the word op shops. Have you heard of op shops? No. What's that mean? I think it's like a co-op. Oh, okay. Yeah. I looked online and I looked and I wikipedia it, but Wikipedia just redirects to charity shops. So it's a bit like a charity shop. So visit your local charity shop, your op shops, if you have those, your thrift stores. Uh, if you're in Germany, go to the Arvo, they've got that kind of thing. And all those kind of secondhand shops. And of course, visit your local brick and mortar bookshop, all the secondhand ones, private, indie ones, you know, save the bookshops. I think this is really, really important. And even though Amazon links will be provided, you can use them as a reference, but there is no pressure or really no That's not the only place where you can buy books, even though it's convenient. So, you know, keep looking around and you'll save yourself a bob or two or five. Can I throw in an extra point there, like a 4.A, if, if, if you will? 4.A? Um, libraries as well, not just for renting books for free or for a very low fee, because often with language books, if you have like a CD or it's more of a course, sometimes you've got to pay a small fee. But my local library always has a shelf or two of books that are for sale. And sometimes I always check and sometimes I do find some really good language books there. So like just recently I found one there that was like 50p for this enjoy Italian book that should be like probably what, 12, 15 pound if it were new. So check, check libraries as well for, you know, rentals and for low priced books for sale. Mm, yeah. You and I are both library fans. I think we're both regular you know library why? users. Mine is not No, only a small, Why? only a small percentage of people listening, I think will get this. But I think the ones that do will appreciate it. <laughs> you know why, Kirsten? Because we've all been conditioned by Giles from Buffy. No, but I'm sure there'll be another small percentage of people that appreciate that. But I was going to say, because having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Yeah. Yep. Arthur. King of the Aardvarks. Okay. <laughs> That sounds like, oh, okay. So very, very British reference there and a Buffy reference. So we've brought everything in. That's, I didn't get that because I'm German. No, no, Arthur's American. Oh, I didn't yeah. get, I did, yes. It's fine. The Arthur fans among us will appreciate that. <laughs> Myself included. Arthur, <laughs> Buffy, Bring it on. So no matter what, I think I think we've driven the point home, however, is that libraries are amazing. And yeah, I can't even believe I didn't mention them. I was thinking about them writing this note. So yes, libraries. Okay, point number five. Lindsay, this one's for you. Most textbooks don't have much on offer for intermediates and advanced, I would argue as well. Mm -hmm. So the question is, do we still need textbooks as intermediates? Mm, good question. Perhaps a, a moment for an aside. Do you think you need a textbook when you're when you're sort of entering the B levels, when you're sort of getting getting a bit more comfy in a language? Yes. And recently I've found if I go to big big bookshops with big language supplies, like if I go to London and I go into foils, um, I find myself going not just to like all the languages, but also to like French and Spanish and like German and Italian and looking at like where they've got them as like sort of graded textbooks, but it says like B1, B2, C1 even. And I'm like, oh, a C1 textbook? What is this magic? And, <laughs> and I, th I think to myself, oh yeah, okay, that's interesting, you know. Um, so I think sometimes at the intermediate level, they can be helpful, if especially when you get to the sort of plateau stages and you just need something to kind of drive you on through that, that hump. Mm, I've not really seen many But they don't really textbooks, exist as textbooks. much. No. Course books, yes. Mm, you know, true. and um, really good. I really enjoy the kind of prep for this specific exam book. So there's a really good series in German called Fit fürs Goethe, Goethe Zertifikat. And that kind of lets you then choose, okay, I want to pass the C1 Goethe. I want to pass the B2 Goethe. But they don't explain stuff to you. They just give you exercises. Mm, mm. With a key, but still, and still kind of let you know your level. And um, Teach Yourself has got a good tutor series for the intermediates. And there is... Um, the Enjoy series as well. That's the one I got for Italian from the library for like 50p. Oh. Really good. And Routledge do... But we're, we're, we're going, we're jumping ahead. But yeah, so f for intermediates, maybe that you might not find as many textbooks anymore. And that is partly because you're just that much more capable at enjoying more 
natural and native content in your target language. So do make full use of that and make use of things like link because that brings the two together. But ultimately, yes, you can still benefit from a textbook, particularly a sort of um, on the grammar scale, I think, which is which is what you need to keep working on when you're intermediate. Okay, final point for the show notes, because today we're going to reference so many books and so many things that I would want to link you to. I've decided instead of giving you this kind of cumbersome list of all of the links ever, I'm going to put everything on a list somewhere. So I think I'll probably just make an Amazon list or wish list or whatever they're called, or put, maybe do a list on Goodreads. I don't know. So one of those things, and I'm going to put that in the show notes, which you can find at fluent.show slash 174. And I'm also going to put it in a handy little PDF that you can download if you wish. So it's all going to be kind of, I'll try and make it as easy to access for you as possible. Excellent. All right. That was our that was our prep. That was our prep zone. That was our training. Now it's time for warm up. Whew. I have a question for you. A, a warm up question. And, prep and warm up. Wow. This and prep. Intense. And warm up. And yeah, yeah. Well, you got to loosen the muscles. Lindsay, yes. do you prefer? I'm I'm actually flapping my arms about as if I'm warming up here. <laughs> I'm sat do you very still. Print or digital for your textbooks and for your courses? Oh print a hundred percent why is that me too i think that it still feels like because there's so much available that's digital it feels like having a course book or a textbook or something some kind of physical book resource feels like a necessity and i feel like when i haven't had that i haven't done as well weirdly um with korean for example i have so much free stuff online like available digitally so i thought okay i don't need a book just yet I'll, I'll let's see what we can do here with all of this stuff um and i just don't feel that i got as far as i could have done in initial stages because i didn't have a textbook a, a physical thing kind of guiding me through mm. so i do prefer for me, print. for me it's about i think it's about how i process information yeah and i noticed i process a lot of the information I get through apps, the way I get it into my memory is I, I tend to sound it out a lot. So if I'm reading something in Chinese in an app, then I will usually I will usually kind of sound it out to myself. So I'm like, what may may kind of thing, you know, and it leads to actually getting a lot of compliments on your tone. So I can recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> but the other reason is that I process a lot of information, I think, through writing. I'm forever taking notes and doodling and my notes are very chaotic. So when I'm working through any kind of textbook, I'm sat there with a notebook next to it and it just gives it that focus that you don't necessarily have on a screen. It just brings things from the screen into a new dimension. Mm -hmm. I but I can imagine downloading something on my iPad and then sitting there with the notebook like whether the actual resource is digital or not is fine I just would still need paper around it I think yeah possibly yeah now for textbooks what do you think a textbook needs to have in it so that it works really well for you is there anything that all the ones you like have in common I like it when there's reference stuff and it's clear like the things that are relevant that you're going to need to go back to at certain points so if there's maybe like a pronunciation guide at the beginning if they have like a grammar reference and a little dictionary at the back that includes all the words in the book sometimes you'll find a word in the book in the dialogue it's not in a box below and you look in the back and it's not there and you're like well <laughs> i don't know what this word means now <sighs> right so having those little reference points for me makes it a much more thorough resource for me, it's it's almost exactly the same. I think the the pronunciation guide, I listed that as well. I love it when there's a pronunciation guide at the start. I never use it at the start, though. I always... No, <laughs> do you uh, not? No, not really. I like just having it to refer to. As I'm, I'm like the I'm like the literally going through all of the sounds and kind of going oh what are the rules and all that stuff. It makes me feel anchored. It makes me feel really comfortable. It. Hate oh! it so much, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> Oh, well, and I don't like it necessarily when it references English. But, I mean, but that's, that's because cat, I'm a that kind of fairly, thing. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Ah, like in cat. But I can see how it's helpful and I still prefer it to the IPA. 
So yeah, oh God, we need to do a pronunciation episode at some point. Yes. <laughs> Should we use the IPA or not? And uh, yes, the dictionary at the end, I think that's a, that is absolutely required. I love it, love it when there's a little dictionary at the end. Need that dictionary at the end because like you say, you just, it's impossible. We, you're not, you're not going to remember all the words. Like looking up a word is, is such an important part of bringing it into your memory as a vocab learner. So it's important, I think, to have that reference right there. And it makes the book comprehensive and complete. Another thing I've just thought of is cultural notes and references as well. I find those oh, you really, like those? Yeah, I find those really useful and really helpful because it just puts it into more of a context. Now, I will not name names, but it's something that... A, a, a textbook did recently that made me really cross that I really oh. did not enjoy. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. It told me that this language, so it was Chinese, um, it told me that the Chinese word order is very, very logical. Okay. And I was like, logical who's to say to what who, logic is? Right, right, right. But was it designed for English learners, English, sorry, English native speakers specifically? Was it or... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was a book designed for English native speakers. Okay. I just felt I just felt so. It is such a. I almost want to say patronizing. It is such a kind of. And also, it it kind of imposes the worldview because then, as the learner, if you don't find it logical, yeah, then it's it's like as if you're, you you it gives you this opening to feel really stupid, and I didn't like that at all. I just thought, well, this is, well, who are you to tell me what's logical in my mind? It's I not, see. That's not, I don't like it. I see what you mean. I think there is almost an urgency um, in terms of language resources to make it as easy as possible. And so... But you don't make it easier no, just by saying, oh, this is easy. I hate that in language teaching. No, you don't at all. But if someone is coming to that book for the first time and they've never, ever learned a language and it says that, even if, even if it makes them even if they think it's not logical later down the line, but they first read it, it's it's a reassuring word that perhaps is there to make people think you can do this, right? And I agree with you. They might not find it logical to themselves and therefore it might actually have the opposite effect. But yeah, it, it's a bit of a tricky one because like you say, if it's if someone's reading that and actually they don't find it logical for whatever reason, it it can put them off. But I I do see why it would be there. Unfortunately, I don't necessarily agree with it, but unfortunately, I see why it would be there. I I completely yes, I'm the same. Like I know why it's there, and I know I I think there is a really good intention behind it to make the learner feel very comfortable at a point where they when they're like, oh my god, word order is another thing I've got to worry about. What like is is nothing the same? And the answer is usually like that's correct. Nothing's ever the same as in your native language. But there's, I think as a teacher, you fall into that really easily as well. So for all of you online teachers out there, watch yourselves, um, whether you do this or not. I, I used to do this in German and I found that it it frustrated my learners a lot if I said to them, oh, this is easy. Like all you do is like do the conjunctive and then, the, 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 and you know, it's like you just need to memorize these 12 prepositions that trigger the genitive and they're like there with their heads exploding and I'm like going, the genitive, da ha ha ha. You know, it's, it's so easy to come in with this perspective and say like, this is really easy. This is really logical. And I find it, I, I personally don't like it, but maybe I, maybe I'm coming at it from that perspective of I've taught and I've, I've seen it not work. So I'm very sensitive to it. Now, mm, mm. oh, well, glad we talked about it. <laughs> now, we, we're running into the episode quite a lot. So let's jump straight to the book recommendations. Because I think that's why a lot, that's what a lot of our listeners are here for. So textbooks. And we've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten series to discuss. Amazing. Amazing. Should we just start at the top? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. This is a series that I, I've done. I've got two books in this series and I or this by this publisher and I enjoy both of them a lot I enjoy the layout I like the way that they use illustrations I like the way they use color they're fairly easy fairly low on the explanations and kind of give you a lot of dialogue give you a lot of um, space to just get stuck in and that is Asimil Asimil is a French publisher but you can get Asimil books also that are teaching in the medium of English. And the two books I have are False Beginners, 
workbook for Chinese. So it's essentially just exercises. And I like the way it's it's aimed at false beginners. I think that's that's really cool. And the other one is Le Luxembourgeois à Grande Vitesse. So it's teaching Luxembourgish through the medium of French. And I've, I, mean, I haven't finished either one, but I've enjoyed both of them. Have you ever done any, any Asimil? I have a Chinese, what's it called? Chinese Made Easy by oh. Asimil. Um, and do they make it easy? <laughs> yes, on the subject we were just talking about. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's very well structured. Um, again, I've not yet finished that because I've never really been focusing on it. It was a gift. Um, but I do like what I've seen so far. And I like that actually with Asimil, they're available. Like you said, you've got the Luxembourgish in French because it's a French company, right? So there's ava- they're available in, a lot of them are in French or they're available in, I think, German maybe, in Spanish as well as English. And so you can learn new languages through languages you already know, which I think is always always fun. Mm, yeah, so if you can get hold of an Asimil, then do not overlook it. It's I think it's a lovely little series. Really, really cool. The next one is Language Hacking, which is a series of teach-yourself language textbooks that are developed in collaboration with Benny Lewis. So they kind of bring in that, they've got quite a, a modern sensitivity, and they, they sort of bring in the the modern ideas and the self-teachers ideas that that really we are quite common to to us as self-guided language learners now. So they then books that acknowledge the presence of the internet and of online tutors much, much more. And they have that fluent in three months uh, strategy behind them, which is to jump in at the deep end and to kind of go straight to, to the speaking. But when I actually looked through them, I think I've looked through, I think it was Italian and German that I had as um, Ansichtsexemplar, the review copies. Sorry, I went blank then in English in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> As review copies. And I I enjoyed both of them because there's actually a lot more. This, it's not just like, write yourself a script and now go. They really do take you through them. And I thought the educational content was was excellent. So I really, really enjoyed the look of these. Yeah, I like, like you say, there's almost more... Um, of an, of an emphasis with those on the how as well as the what, like with a lot of language courses, it feels like it's just teaching you the stuff that you need to learn, but not telling you how to do it. Whereas I felt when I looked again, I I looked at Spanish, so I already knew Spanish, but I, I my mum has it now as well, so I can't grab it and flick through again because it's not in my house. But um, but yeah, I liked that it was very much also giving you that side of things you know the how to learn also there i want to mention the script hacking series which i noticed i forgot to oh. add to the list um but by judith mayer is that is that have i pronounced her name correctly mayer judith mayer maya maya sorry maya sorry <laughs> um i love i loved that i have the arabic one i worked all through it um last december like december 2018 and Oh, loved it. It felt like my brain was having an actual physical workout every single time I opened that book. It was wonderful. Oh, that's really cool. I've not I've not looked at those, but recently so good. for some random reason got got dabbled in Arabic for like 20 minutes and then went, "No, no, you are learning Chinese." <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. So script hacking and language hacking both in collaboration with Teach Yourself. So they've done a lot of kind of cool things with um, with people who write in the language learning space, in the polyglot space, let's just say. And um, these the results of these collaborations have been pretty good. And it's a favorite in the Facebook group as well. So I kind of asked in the Facebook group. And a lot of people actually listed online courses. So even though today we're mostly talking about print, there are online courses. And I want to give a shout out to, to one series later that I've, I've worked on, but I've also really enjoyed. And yeah, so script hacking and language hacking. Now, my next uh, candidate or item in the list, these are a bit more academic and they kind of a little bit drier. And I've mostly used them for Welsh, but they are the Routledge books. And I've looked and Routledge, it's it's more of an academic publisher. So these don't come cheap. These are really good if you can find one used uh, I've got a modern world grammar from Routledge that is pretty good and was like a tenner in a charity shop. So do look around for Routledge books. They have these grammar workbooks. I've got this book. I happen to have it like next to me. 
It's Intermediate Welsh, a grammar and workbook and goes through, you get a little topic, it explains to you the rules of the topic and then gives you a good five pages of just exercise, 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 exercise with an answer key at the end. And I really like that in a book when you can proper write in it. Mm. You ever tried any Routledge? I, it was, it was actually the, um, what's the word, recommended grammar book for my Chinese course, like Mm. a decade ago. And yeah, I I found it really helpful. I liked the structure of it. And like you say, it's a bit more kind of academic-y. It's a bit, it's a little bit wordy. So like if you're learning your first uh, foreign language and like all the kind of grammar words and the grammar jargon is a bit intimidating, it's probably not the right grammar book. There's definitely one to recommend in a minute for that. But it is really good, especially if you plan to go, to go all the way with a language. And yeah, definitely recommend those. That's it. And these are, yeah, they're really good if you want to kind of look up a nitty gritty grammar point and get the get the ultimate explanation and go, ah, okay, right, get it. But they're not so great when you, if as your first resource when you want to start. So they're more reference material. But I wanted to give them a shout out because these workbooks, these grammar workbooks, they are available in more than just Welsh. And I've enjoyed them a lot. So if you want to kind of dig in and just, you know, do the... I enjoy them. I quite find it quite meditative. If you want to do that, Routledge. Now, the big name, I think, that, that we're probably going to mention is Teach Yourself. And there's so many different series. So between us, we've got one, two, three, four, in addition to the language hacking and script hacking that we've just mentioned, and the tutor series that we gave a shout out. So if you've never looked at Teach Yourself, do look at Teach Yourself. They're not sponsoring this episode, even though we're giving them such a big shout out. And the the only one I have used in in particular depth for me has been Get Started In. And that is the new name. Um, I have an older version of that book, but it's essentially, um, mine is in Chinese and it's a really good, solid textbook. And I remember when I taught German, I also went to bookshops and actually looked in detail for Teach Yourselves German books and they're just solid. So I've got the Get Started In and Lindsay, you've got a few different kinds, don't you? Yeah, I have the Complete, um, especially for Indonesian. I've worked all the way through that and that really did help. Um, even though a couple of the <laughs> dialogues maybe left a little to be desired. Like I remember there's one line in particular that was like, Oh, my wife is just a housewife. No, wait, what was it? My wife used to be a secretary, but now she's just a housewife. And it was like, ooh, okay, it's a little scaling. Um, but yeah, they're really, they're very, very thorough. They'll get you to a decent level, like obviously combined with other things. The Enjoy series that we mentioned before, which I've recently kind of discovered in in real life with the Italian one. And I think they're different to the Get Started In, but I'm not sure what they're called now. They're like, instant maybe or like six weeks something like that they used to be six weeks and it's they're all the same format so it's like there's six dialogues and six chapters and it's by the same author i think it's elizabeth smith might be her name and it's like the first one is like they're getting on an airplane they meet someone with a famous last name so i think in the italian one it's like they meet someone called Signor Signor Pavarotti or something, and they're like, "Oh, Luciano Pavarotti? No, Bob Pavarotti. <laughs> I don't know what his name is." But that, like, because they're that same structure for each of the language, it, each of the languages. Sorry, it kind of then helps when I've gone to use that same book series for other languages. So yeah, I like I quite like that, and it's a nice what they teach you is really good. Like if you're going on holiday, boom, that's exactly the one to get. Mm, so they're called instant instant or in six weeks something like that i think they're Mm. they're they're different definitely to the get started in and i'm sure they still exist excellent so for all of these the the, obviously the language name is going to be in the title so there might be a teach yourself get started in chinese complete welsh enjoy spanish uh, instant italian and that kind of thing so that's what you want to be looking for if you're interested in teach yourself which again it's a it's mostly it's bigger, it's bigger in the British market and over over there across the pond, you may not find them as readily, but do have a look around for the Teach Yourself books because they are out there. They're definitely out there. Lindsay, your suggestion is, is next. Tell me about BBC Active Grammar books. Yeah. So do you not know about these? 
I don't know. No. Oh, okay. So, so I'm not sure how many languages they have on offer. Um, they definitely have German, Italian, French, and Spanish because I've got three of those. I don't have the Italian one, but these, I think these might have been a recommended book for some course I did at some point. And what's great about these is that in comparison to, they're like, they're like a grammar reference book, right? So this, these ones aren't like textbooks or course books, but unlike the root ledge ones that we mentioned, which are very thorough, very in-depth, take you all the way to the end of the grammar, these ones give you that first of all they're much more compact they're really small right so they're like not quite pocket sized but well they're probably the size of some mobile phones so maybe that counts as pocket size nowadays i don't know um but they just give you the essentials of what you need to know about the grammar of all the relevant points and the stuff that's important to learn and that i love that because if you're learning at an early stage they're relatively kind of jargon free so they're a lot less intimidating than a big heavier grammar book mm. the bbc's education branch used to be a lot bigger and they kind of did a lot of stuff for school so i quite often refer to the bbc bite-sized materials for british gcse as well for you know an easy explanation of welsh grammar and it's the same it's i love i love it when grammar books are written for pupils you know, not for humans. Yeah, yeah, rather, exactly. Rather than for <laughs> reference, essentially. <laughs> well, academics yeah. are humans. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but, but a book like that, it's written for reference, whereas these are written like with for, for a reader. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's that's, yeah. that's the difference I'm trying to. They kind of meet you where you're at, and that is really nice. And uh, grammar doesn't, you know, we it's 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 almost we don't have to say it. This goes without saying if you're listening, but grammar doesn't have to be super scary and super intimidating. And you, but you have to take the sting out of it. You have to teach it in a it, like you say a human way. And if they do that, I've never I've never looked at them. Are they available in kind of a large amount of languages? I'm not sure. Like I you say, got a Chinese one though. Is there? I don't know. I have to check. But like oh, okay. I said, there's definitely like, you know, the four big ones here in the UK. So like French, Spanish, German, Italian, definitely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it might go into like Portuguese, maybe Chinese after that. I'm not sure. Excellent. I'll have a look. I'll we'll, we'll research it a little bit more and kind of put uh, general information on the on the website uh, on the website in the show notes for you listeners. Uh, teach yourself, however, they they've got a very large language library. So let's go to. I think I imagine you, you'll get this in lots and lots of languages as well, which is and it's our first entry for phrase books. Lonely Planet phrase books. That's your. This I've never seen one. Yeah, so again, not a textbook, but something that is very useful to have. And the reason for that is that if you are learning a language through a course book, through a textbook, and it's all very methodical and you're going in order, but you want to check something specific, or even if you do want a very, very quick, brief ref reference of the whole grammar that is essential, the essential, essential grammar, then this is exactly what you need. They're so good. They're so, so good. I've never really been a fan of phrase books in general. Like I have a couple of other phrase books from different companies and I'm not a huge fan. I don't really use those, but Lonely Planet phrase books, I have a lot of, and I use them as a really good reference tool because the other thing is I love that they do, um, like you said, it's available in a lot more languages. They have these for languages like Quechua, um, they have a, I have one that's a Hill Tribes phrase book, Central Asia. They do an India one, an Africa one. They do a whole Europe phrase book and then regional Europe ones as well. Um, and what's cool about that is that you then get lots of languages within those books. So they act as really fun kind of, uh, you know, references of like, oh, well, I'm learning Swedish. So let's just check what that is in Norwegian. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see how this, how this relates. So yeah, they're, they're good for that because they're giving you the same things translated. That's really awesome. Yeah. It's, it's written with the traveler in mind then as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, of course. Mm. I remember I I learned lots from from phrasebooks. I think phrasebooks are an underestimated language learning resource, especially if you're brand new to them. I recently bought... And and again, I bought these because they had a language that you can't really get hold of. Maybe phrase books, they don't need as much um, development time and work time. They're easier to produce than a full-on language course. So that might be why the companies are 
able to produce them in more languages and they're you know they're built for travelers so i've got a breton one and it's a german company called kauderwelsch and but i did that i got also got hold of their chinese one and i wasn't i wasn't crazy about the chinese one the breton one looks good fun but from what you're saying i think the lonely planet would be more exciting yeah, they're, they're really good. And they, they also give you, we mentioned, um, I think it was, we were talking about the language hacking. Um, the Lonely Planet phrase books also give you these little cultural nuggets and they give you a really good food section. So it's not just a case of apple, banana, pear, carrot, tomato. They give you like a list of what you would find on a menu. So then you get to learn about the, the, the words for the relevant foods and stuff like that. And that is, is a really interesting entry point at any level. I also think if you've got a dictionary, if you, I am still a print dictionary buyer, like a print, if when I buy a print dictionary, that is when you and I know I'm serious about a language, like this language is, is I'm no longer dabbling. I've bought a dictionary. And I think a dictionary with a good, you know, especially like those little pocket ones with a good phrase book section, that is a godsend. I think they are so so good and they, they could be called um mini they could be called traveler's dictionary or anything gem. like that and if sorry gem i remember oh gem yeah little gem any kind of thing that's like a small dictionary that you can almost put in your jeans pocket certainly if you're a guy with big pockets <laughs> the you know that you can kind of carry around and i went around sweden with one that i absolutely adore because it's personal my mum had this when she went to sweden in like 1976 and I walked around with the phrase book from 1976. So it was like, where is the nearest phone booth? <laughs> <laughs> where can I buy film reel? That kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Love it. <laughs> do, you, do you offer shave with this this barber's haircut? Or it was just like, yeah, exactly. It was like, can I get my film developed here? I it mean, was just the best. That is like the snapshot. That is the downside of the newer Learning Planet phrase books because the old ones used to be all in different colours. So I have like a little rainbow that I've accidentally collected over the years on my shelf. And uh, every now and then I share it on Instagram because it looks pretty. Um, but the new ones are all just the same colour on the spine. And I'm like, oh, come on. Let's, let's pick this back up. I need to complete my rainbow. Ah, but you'd get this kind of like, first of all, you've got a charity hunt exactly, challenge yeah. there. And <laughs> listeners, if you see any old style Lonely Planet phrase books, send Lindsay a picture. She's on Instagram, <laughs> at Lindsay Does Languages, and then maybe you can do a trade or something. <laughs> and, but also, like, you can, you can build this kind of super sophisticated wall. You can think of it as, I'm now grown up. Mm -hmm. I now have a wall of seriousness with the with the one color like look yeah. at me. Speaking <laughs> speaking of seriousness, let's get back to grammar drills. <laughs> grammar drills. Woo, woo. Get down on the floor. One, two, three, four. Pass perfect. Du, du. You know, every Saturday. Well, I don't do park run every Saturday, but when I do do park run, and it happens every Saturday, there is um, a thing right after park run in my place where I do it called military fitness and it is oh. literally that so you finish park and we're like oh, let's go for a walk and go to cafe nero and have a drink and we walk up to go to cafe nero and we walk past all these people like jumping up and down and running around the, like the half of the field and up the hill and you think oh my god <laughs> that looks, yeah, i've been i've been to one horrendous. of those sessions <laughs> oh I have done one of those sessions once. I think that that feeling that I get looking at military fitness is what a lot of people get when they think grammar drills. Okay, here is a thing. When I look at the military fitness thing, and like I said, I've, I've been to one of them. and uh, I was aching for three days. I kind of get really into it. I like the look of it. Right. So I wonder if people feel, if there are people out there who look at grammar drills and go, oh yeah, baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, what's the word? A, opposed? A, opposed, that works. I'm not opposed to grammar drills. And that's why I did want to add this to the list. Um, I found the McGraw-Hill, I think is the name of the publisher of the really good series. Mm -hmm. um, grammar drill series to be really helpful, especially when I was doing exams. And they do those amazing laminated reference oh, things, really? don't oh, they? Okay, I didn't know that. I don't know. I think that's McGraw-Hill as well. Right, right. Well, I use the, their grammar. They do have a good range of languages, I think. And also the Sholmes, um grammar drills books, they're quite good as well. Mm, and they're good. Mm, I think those are American too. Right, yeah. They're, they're really good just to kind of 
say, okay, I'm going to get into a habit of doing this. I need to work on this and sit down and okay, I've done one page per evening or something like that. And that's what I would do when I was doing exams. That's similar to what the Asimil workbook is doing for me. I, I quite like I quite right. like that kind of thing as well. It's like, you know, just do a few exercises, fit them in here and there. You don't need to think too deeply and it gives you a good gauge of your, your level and where you're at as well. That's cool. Yeah, I like them for that. I want to give a shout out at this point to Gr Cambridge Grammar in Use, which is not really for learning any other language than English. I think they only do it in English. But I remember this so much and I remember how useful this was in my school days when I was learning English. So this is really, if you're going into the C levels in, in English, this is so, so good. For all of you English learners out there, get yourself a grammar in use and then there's a book that they do called complementary exercises and it is it is the the bomb it's so so good mm -hmm. yeah cool. thumbs up for grammar drills from the fluent show thumbs up yeah let's get back into something fun what about colin's easy learning dictionaries we already talked about dictionaries yeah. how are these different so some dictionaries don't really spark joy I think we can say in 2020. <laughs> However, the Collins Easy Learning Dictionaries are just a nice thing to have in your hand, right? These are the ones that you get recommended in school, like when you're in like secondary school in this country, at least when I was at school. And so I have that memory of them. But also what's great about them, because I, I have still... The I don't know where my French one's gone, but I have um, all my Spanish one. I have the German one that I found somewhere that's like, I, I don't know, at like some car boot sale or charity shop that's got someone's name in. And it says like, I don't know, Steve Jobs, year seven in the front, <laughs> on the front page. So I told you, they're all, all over schools. And I also have the Mandarin Chinese one that was my recommended dictionary for my Chinese course. And what I love is that as well as the obvious dictionary either side, you know, from one language to the other and vice versa, in the middle, you have this little blue chunk that just walks you through some of the common stuff that you're going to need that you don't even think about. So writing a letter, sending an email, um, numbers and how to read out a telephone number, all of that kind of stuff is there in the middle. And sometimes with... Um, like verb conjugation tables as well, like the most essential ones. So yeah, thumbs up, two thumbs up for those from me. Brilliant. I can add to those uh, similar dictionaries. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Pons. There are two big German dictionary companies, Pons and Langenscheid, both of them pretty, pretty good. For some reason, when I was certainly learning languages, I always felt like when you're getting serious, when you're a pro, that's when you get Pons. Right. Uh, so Pons are the green ones and Langenscheid are the yellow ones, but both of them are absolutely legit. And if you get a big enough Pons, that will also, like you say, it'll have all those cool little reference things in the middle. And they, get, they, they tell you something about the culture and how, you know, how everything works in that country. And I always really like reading. I always used to really like reading stuff like, oh, uh, car, car, what do you call them? Uh, car number plates explained. Yeah. yeah. And um, weights conversions and all that kind of stuff. Like, this is before the internet, children. So, <laughs> elder millennial speaking here. But you, you, you wouldn't necessarily know about these little things in a country. And for some reason, a dictionary told you about them. And it was just, it was just something really special. And it gives you, it brings all of those word lists to life. Pons and what's the other one? Langen, Langenscheider? Pons, Langenscheid, yeah. Langenscheid. Uh, Langenscheid with DT at the end. And otherwise you're saying something rude. I thought so, um, yeah. That's why I wanted to check. <laughs> so Langenscheid. And, and uh, I've got an Oxford Learners uh, Welsh Dictionary, which is also really good and has this little bit of grammar thing. And, and the thing is, when a dictionary is written for learners, it will tell you this verb's irregular. Look on page so-and-so, yeah, this is how this right? word yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is gold. Yeah, definitely. As, you, as so, you go on, like with, I think I was just saying, well, I don't know where my French and Spanish ones are. I know where they are. I probably got rid of them because I got a bigger one for French and Spanish. Again, was a Collins, but not an easy learning. Like the... The kind that like sits underneath your coffee table and <laughs> gathers dust, but they sit on my shelf and gather dust there. But they, yeah. they're they a huge reference point. And that for me is like, okay, I'm serious now because I've got the big dictionary, you know? So yeah, I have one of those. I have an English one and then a French and a Spanish and they're just as good. 
I have got a, a very large, like too large for, for reason. This is stupid. You'd never take it anywhere. It's, it just sits on a shelf. And like you said, gathers dust. It's enormous. Uh, that's the um, an English-German one. It's not like a learner's anymore. It's like a, I'm legit. I'm going to go to university and speak English <laughs> every all day, all day. Yeah, worked out, you know, so yeah. buy a dictionary. But overall, I think what we're, what we're saying is, you know, kids buy yourself a dictionary and get a learner's dictionary because they have so much more than just words and actually i think that puts them a cut above whatever app you can download on your phone but again grandma grandma kirsten speaking here next <laughs> next is Tut tuttle what i okay i know nothing about these oh okay so i wondered if you would right so tuttle are I, I don't know exactly where they're based. I believe they're based in Asia because their focus is primarily on books about Asian culture and Asian language specifically. So what's great about them is that there's a huge range of books that I did not know existed until they got in touch with me a few years ago and sent me some for Japanese. Um, yeah, Japanese. And the range is really good. So it's not just a case of, here you are, this is our one course book we have available kind of like with teacher self there's ones for different levels and different different reasons for learning so they have i'm trying to think of the name of it um it's something about like flirting like flirting in thai or something flirting in in uh in japanese something like that and they have ones that are like based on like there's a japanese one that is like a comic book that's really cool um their dictionaries are also very good their, their small little kind of Japanese dictionary that I have is really, really good. And uh, yeah, they're just all round. If you are learning an Asian language, you probably know about this already. But if you don't, just Google it and have a yeah. look. They, they might not necessarily be in your local shops as much, but do ask around because I've noticed recently that there's a couple that have popped up in a, a local Waterstones. So, um, so the demand must be there you know, internationally. So do have a look if you, and if you can't find them, you'll be able to order online, I think. I've just got curious while you were talking and kind of looked at the website yes. and they do the survival series, which I have survival, seen before. Yeah, they're good. Survival series. And I mean, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have crossed my path because I, this is my first Chinese, Mandarin Chinese is my first Asian language ever, which is partly why I picked it up because I was like, look, it's about time. And uh, right at the top here, it, they've got a <laughs> Bruce Lee's wisdom for daily living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Striking thoughts in Chinese from Bruce Lee. And I'm like, I'm down. I want this. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. They're a really interesting publisher because there are, it's not just language. They, it's about Asian culture as well. So there's like recipes and stuff like this, books about things like origami, you know, stuff like that. Excellent, yeah. And when you look at the target countries, it is very um, mostly Asia. Yeah, but East Asia. Cool. I should. Yeah, specify. great range though. Philippines, Thailand, yeah. and it does have. Well, there's a section called Middle East. So let's just have a quick look. Um, they do well. That's got Hindi in it. Mm -hmm. A tactical survival, personal safety, and action guide to Krav Maga. Farsi for beginners. The Silk Road in vegetarian Arabic in a flash. This is okay. Rabbit hole has been acquired. This is cool. amazing. <laughs> cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. Tuttle. Okay. And I have one last recommendation. This is back, I think back to European languages. This is a German company and they do this grammar book that I have been recommending to everyone and their grandma forever and ever and ever. And that is the, the grammar book is called Deutsche Grammatik. Boom. Easy. And uh, But they do much, much more than just the Deutsche Grammatik, I've recently noticed. It's a little teeny tiny company called Lingolia. Have you ever come across Lingolia? No, this, was, this one was new to me when I saw this one on the list. So Lingolia, do, um, they have an online platform now where essentially you can look up all the content that is in the books online. But I would still recommend getting a book because the format is just so nice. They're like 15 quid and... Like I said, the German book is it's it's one of those that's written for humans and explaining German grammar with examples and in a concise way is not that easy. So if you're a German learner, definitely, oh my God, you need this in your life. But they also do for things for learners of English, French, Spanish and Esperanto. Oh, that's fun. It is really, really fun. So yeah, the website is Leo Linga, Lingolia, sorry, lingolia.com. 
and that you can find like i said you can find all the content for free on there or you can i think you can like donate to them or give them a book and they're a nice little local indie kind of publisher and i've got a few other indies as well that i want to give a shout out to do you have any indies tiny companies anybody um not that comes to mind right away okay i'll let you know mine and then if anything else comes up so these are little books that are kind of language specific and I'm aware of them and I've kind of dabbled around with them a little bit. Uh, one of them is not necessarily language specific and the quality varies from language to language and that is the 10 minutes a day series. I really like it because it comes with stickers and it comes with flashcards and they also do these little things called language maps which are essentially like laminated phrase books that you can just pop into your that, but they're beautifully illustrated. They're just so gorgeous. And you can just pop them in your luggage and kind of take them with you. They're really, really nice. I love the 10 minutes a day series. But I don't recommend them so much anymore because I bought the Chinese version, got really excited about it and then didn't like it. But the Russian one, awesome. Mm. You ever tried 10 minutes a day? I haven't. No, I don't know what that is. Yeah, they're, they're all, they're a little company. And I think the author who, who owns the company kind of runs the show there is called Christine Kershaw. Cool. So they're little, little indie. Uh, secondly, there's a little book that I have called Polish Doesn't Bite that I got in a, a Reddit gift exchange once uh, because I do those. But that's really, really cute little Polish book. And I don't think it's available in other languages. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then finally, there's a another independent publisher and... Uh, Russian teachers that I know who produced a book series called Russian Step by Step. And you can get those, I think they're Amazon exclusives and they do kind of take you through the levels and stuff. But they're a nice little guide if you want to learn Russian. So I just wanted to give a shout out to those, but they're not sort of big series that you might find if you're not learning those particular languages. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you. Have you ever finished a textbook? Like finished, finished? Yes. Have you? Yes. So aside from ones that were like for actual sort of, you know, academic courses and stuff, um, mm. Complete Indonesian, I finished. Teach Yourself Bulgarian, I finished. Um, what else? They're the two that come to mind right away. I think there's more. I think there might be a couple more. I have never. I think I get to, I get to, okay, I can handle this. And then I just get really excited and I don't really, but I've, Maybe uh, maybe life will be different with my Chinese Teach Yourself now. Maybe, maybe. Don't I've know. never got past chapter three in Teach Yourself Polish, though. <laughs> 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 that one I need to sit down and, and uh, get back to at some point. But yeah, the, the Bulgarian one I, I did finish and I did it very quickly. Um, and if, if I had it, because that one was from the library, but if I had it, I would go back and use it as reference and stuff. But yeah, the Complete Indonesian I finished and like started to work through again much slowly much more slowly recently um but yeah it's it's satisfying when you do finish yeah there's more i have finished more but they're the ones that come to mind oh that's a good point i actually i take mine really really slowly and i, oh. I kind of milk them for what they're worth mm. so maybe that's why i don't haven't finished them yet there you go growth mindset have not uh, finished uh, them yet <laughs> i also i also just want to say like it, there's no shame in not finishing one of these because i think you automatically if you're into the language, you are more likely to want more different variety in that language. And that'll, that'll only make you feel more capable. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes you can use a book. And, and some of the ones we've mentioned, you know, like grammar drills and dictionaries, you don't really finish those. But like, you can use them then as and when you need them. And so there's mm -hmm. no reason why you can't use a course book or a textbook in the same way. That is it. That is it. Now, I wanted to give a quick kind of side note. What's the difference between a textbook and a graded reader or one of those short stories books because they've kind of become more visible on the radar but they've always been around you know graded readers or bilingual storybooks and all that kind of thing and I kind of wanted to briefly touch on the on the difference between them and then give a shout out to the uncovered series so for me the differences are that a graded reader contains doesn't contain any exercises 
they the exercises maybe at the end of some kind of story it might ask you like three summary questions like you know who was the murderer or something like that but they, they don't really contain any exercises and they have a narrative so it's much more that you can really you can follow a story and it's a little bit more engaging than just a sample dialogue that's like eight lines one long or anything like that and there's not as much explanation in them so these are more about practicing what you've learned in a language and I think graded readers, it's a little bit rarer for them to come with CDs and audio, although these days you can probably download audiobooks quite easily. Uh, is that roughly a good explanation there? Yeah, I'd say so. And one doesn't exclude the other. So I would, I'm always gutted that there aren't more graded readers in Welsh, but I absolutely, I love the ones and those I do finish. Mm. So you, yes, I see you finish that kind more so. That's interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because I want to get to the end of the story. <laughs> so I've written quite, and I've written, I've read quite a few of those books. And yeah, then I wanted to give a shout out to the Uncovered courses, because what they do, um, yes, I've written one and, you know, maybe I'm biased, but that just means I know, I know well what, what the structure is. And generally, when I was asking in Facebook, like, which, which courses do you like, there was a lot of the kind of that Ollie Richards' approach to these kind of courses, he also does courses called Grammar Hero, for example, and the approach got a lot of love. And I think it's a very interesting way of working with that story, that narrative, that graded reader thing, but building your exercises and your language lesson part on building it on that. So certainly with German Uncovered, that's what I've been doing and that's how the Italian one works and all that kind of thing. So those... However, they are online courses and you could print out a lot of the materials from them. But at the heart, they do have video content and all that kind of thing. But I wanted to give them a shout out because I think mixing that's, that's again, like language hacking we've seen and script hacking maybe. There's more modern and new approaches and there's actually development in all of this online course kind of stuff. And the, yeah, there's, there's still... There's no one way of teaching these that is like set now and we all know how it works. People are still experimenting. I really like that. Mm. Now, Lindsay, we had this big list of books about language learning and I think we're going to park that and maybe do a part two of the book series. Part two! <laughs> da -da 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 -da. So <laughs> we'll, we'll do a second podcast rather than, rather than bringing you the four-hour extreme listen to Lindsay and Kirsten talk about all of the books ever edition. We will do that, but we'll split it into two different podcasts. So the next time Lindsay is, Lindsay's usually the co-host every four weeks here on The Fluent Show. So when I have access to Lindsay again, <laughs> when, well, when Lindsay is back, then we're going to go through our books about language learning. We'll do that in the next one. And in the meantime, if there are any textbooks that you love, that we haven't mentioned, again, maybe because of the region or maybe in the UK and we just never heard of them, please, please do share them. There's a Facebook group called Fluent Language Learners and we are also on Instagram. Use hashtag The Fluent Show. Lindsay is at Lindsay Does Languages and I am at Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. On Twitter, all of the usernames are completely different. Lindsay is at LD Languages and I am at the fluent show so just go for at the fluent show and that should sort it all out but yeah let us know and also let us know your favorite books about language learning so that we can do a comprehensive episode again for you next time don't forget fluent.show slash 174 is where you find all of the show notes and the link to the discounted special offer that link our sponsor are doing and all of the things and finally don't want to let you go without one final notice to all of you who are either perhaps getting started as online teachers or you are teaching languages and considering taking online students you don't really know what to do you're kind of ready to start but don't know where to start there is somebody who can show you and somebody who's got a really excellent online course that only opens every now and then only opens i think twice a year and that person just so happens to be on the line. Hello, Lindsay Williams. <laughs> Hello. So you're talking about the online teaching starter kit, I believe. Uh, that is what I'm talking about, that yeah. It. So yeah, it's, um, it is, it's open all year round. But if you join like on the regular, you're going to pay more. When you join right now, you're going to save $250. And this week only, this is going live Monday the 9th of March. This week only until Sunday the 15th of March, you're going to get... A, as well as all the regular bonuses, where there's like just so much good stuff, you're going to get a free 30-day trial for Teach and Thrive. 
which is the monthly membership community that me and Kirsten run together. And you get trainings there that are voted for by you and you get that free for 30 days and you save $250 when you join the Online Teaching Starter Kit this week only. Um, Fantastic. Yes. So if you want to find out more, if you want to join, the place to go, if you're listening, you're driving, you're riding a bike and you can't check the show notes right now, it's lindsaydoeslanguages.com forward slash O-T-S-K. So check that link out and you'll be able to join in the Online Teaching Starter Kit. And we'll see you on the inside. Yeah, start your online teaching life. That's, you know, we, we all started with online lessons and I still sometimes do online lessons here and there. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a really rewarding career choice. I don't know. Live your passion. <laughs> so close to saying live your passion. But if you are passionate about language teaching, you kind of have eyed it up. This is a good place to start because Lindsay's very good at explaining what it all entails. And I'll be there to help you as well in Teach and Thrive. Now, finally, to close, the Fluent Show is also backed by a community of supporters. Boop, 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 supporters on Patreon. They, to find out more about how you can join them and support the Fluent Show as we create these weekly episodes of this language-loving podcast, go to patreon.com slash fluent show. Once again, all of the links, if you want just one place to go, they are also for you at fluent.show slash 174, because we do mention a lot of links as the show goes on. And with that, it is goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay Williams. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.